Hello and welcome to another episode of Heard It Through the Grooveline. My name is Will Bennett and I'm the founder of Grooveline Music Education. I'm here to help you know how to best support the musical education of your child, even if you are not musical yourself. At Grooveline, when the lesson ends, the learning doesn't stop. And so as part of our wraparound approach to music education, this episode, we'll be talking about designing your practice routine and the power of taking micro-actions. Hi guys, welcome to another episode. We're jumping straight in here, this is part two. So if you haven't yet listened to the previous episode, uh, please listen to that, that was all about setting goals. And what we're gonna talk about today is how we can design our practice routines and take micro actions to ensure we achieve those goals with consistency and discipline throughout this year. So we have set our goals, we've discussed this, we've talked about type one goals and we've talked about type two goals. We've discussed how we can figure out exactly what it is we want to achieve and break it down into a long-term, short-term and a medium-term goal as well. I always love doing this. It feels really kind of optimistic and almost cleansing or therapeutic to do these kinds of things, set these goals, especially at the start of a, you know, a new school year, a new calendar year. I always think of it like I love buying stationery. It really makes me feel optimistic. Like I always buy the most expensive uh, notepad and like, nice expensive pens. And I feel like high value ideas are written on expensive paper. <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like a therapeutic cleansing kind of thing. And I think it's the same when you are creating goals as well. So that in itself has been a kind of fun, optimistic, but whilst you're writing it and doing it and feeling in that optimistic headspace, you know, you are setting goals that are poss possibly you know, quite lofty. And now it's like, oh, we need to actually follow through on this. And maybe you're not every single day waking up feeling as optimistic as you did when you were writing with your nice new pen on your nice paper, these nice goals and dreams and, and things like that. Now it's time for the hard work. So let's talk about that. So we want to get into a routine and we want to take consistent small bites of the elephant. So how many times a week should you be practicing or your child be practicing? How long should they be practicing for? What should they actually be doing within each practice session? That's what today's episode is all about. So we're gonna start off with frequency of practicing. It's much better to do music little and often than it is to, for example, practice once a week for two hours straight. Music is something that needs to be consistently almost drip fed and practiced. So when you're thinking about, you know, how many times a week should you practice? My answer would be, of course, the more you practice, the better. That's always going to be true. The more frequently and the longer you practice, that's always good. But, you know, to set a realistic goal, I think three, four, five times a week, that allows a couple of days where you were too busy or whatever. I think that's going to be enough to keep the consistency going. That's in addition to your lesson. So you've got one lesson plus three, four, five practice routines. So you're picking up the instrument five or six times a week. In terms of the length of practice, obviously this does vary. And as I already mentioned, the longer the better, but there does come a point where you can practice for so long that you're not really making effective progress anymore. You know, you can't concentrate for seven hours in a row. You know, <laughs> it's just not re realistic. So when we're talking about practicing, 
we want to probably spend for a child, I would say 15 to 30 minutes. I think that's enough time to get done what you need to get done. Have consistent and disciplined practice. What we don't want to do is say, yeah, we're going to practice an hour every day and then not be able to follow through on that and feel like we're failing. We want to set a realistic goal here and something that's going to be enough that we can keep consistent. One thing to, to mention as well is what I'm talking about here is practicing. That's different to playing. Okay, so we're going to have a practice routine, which could be 15, 20, 30 minutes. But if you just want to play and explore and be creative, that comes separately to this. So what we're talking about is the kind of hard work that we need to do in order to improve. And then the fun, you can play for hours of, you know, writing a song before you know it, six hours has gone, messing around with your friends, having a jam. You know, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the specific practice routine and session. So within each session, we want to take micro actions. And this is the key thing here. Learning an instrument is very hard. It takes a long time. I mean, you never really finish learning an instrument anyway, but you know, it can take a long time to get good. And so what we need to do is break that up into tiny actions. We want to take regular small steps towards progress. We don't want to take incoherent, random, attempted giant leaps. That's not going to be the, the way that we get to where we need to get to. It's consistent small steps that every day we just take in those small steps of progress. So maybe for the first five minutes of a practice session, you want to be working on some kind of technical exercise. Now, this really ranges, obviously depends on your instrument, depends how far along the journey you are. It could be something very simple, just like changing chord shapes, you know, like a spider exercise on the guitar. Maybe it's a finger movement exercise on the violin, some scales on the piano, some arpeggios, rudiments and paradiddles on the drums. You know, there's lots of different examples here, but something technical. So for the first five minutes, just as a warm up, we just want to do just that. So let's take the example of paradiddles on the drums. So you're just going to take the snare drum. You're just going to really simply do those actions. Right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left. And literally just do that. Okay, just for a few minutes, you're warming your arms up and you're just kind of drilling in that pattern. Maybe you could do it with a metronome to help you with your rhythm accuracy as well. But what we want to do, and this is the important bit, is we want to apply that and contextualize that. Because on its own, a paradiddle, there's only so long you can do that before it's boring. And it's not really applying and creating any kind of music anyway. So if you now apply it in context, you play a drum beat and then you do a drum fill which uses a paradiddle as the main pattern, for example, that's going to be a much more fun way. And you can actually see now why you did that technical exercise and how it applies to real life situations and real music. Because of course, when we started learning an instrument, we didn't do it so that we could get really good at technical exercises. We did it because we wanted to play. We wanted to play songs, we wanted to create music, create cool sounds, have fun, improvise. So it's important that we take those technical exercises, which are in, in of themselves, very helpful with your fine motor skills and your discipline and all of those kind of things, understanding rhythmic placement, notes that make up chords, a little bit of theory about arpeggios, whatever it may be. But the fun bit is when we contextualize and apply that into real life situations. So I'd spend maybe five minutes doing that as well. So you've done five minutes of a technical exercise, five minutes applying that technical exercise into a fun contextualized scenario. The next part of the session 
normally, especially as a child, you're learning some kind of piece or song, okay? So what we want to do is take that piece and break it again into tiny sections. We're going to take micro actions of improvement. What is not useful to do, and this is a trap that lots of people fall into because you would think this is what to do, but it's not. What you don't want to do is just say, here's my piece, play it from start to finish two or three times and go, there you go, I practiced. It's really ineffective practice. It's, it's not really going to help at all. What will happen is you'll make a mistake and go back to the start again and you never quite get to the end anyway. Or you muddle, you really struggle and muddle your way through. You get to the end, none of it sounded coherent. You can't really remember what happened at the start anyway. And no particular point of that piece has actually been improved by you playing it through today. Or maybe it's been improved by 0.001%. It's not the most effective way to do it. So what you want to do instead is break it down into tiny sections. And I mean tiny. It might be just two notes, three notes, a certain phrase, could be one bar of music. And you take that, and what I want you to do, this is advice that was given to me at university, is play it slowly. Whatever you think slow means, I want you to halve it, and I want you to halve it again. And that is what slow practice really means. So I'm talking about, you know, if we go back to a paradiddle, right, left, right you know really slow the reason for this is it allows us time to kind of process the information make sure we're playing it accurately but also what we're trying to do this whole time when we're practicing is we're creating neurological paths from our brain into our muscles now these neurological paths they do not discriminate based on tempo or speed just like when a baby is learning to walk the first few times it just falls over but eventually its brain learns okay i need to put this foot here and this foot there. It's the same, you need to learn, I need to put this hand here at the same time as my foot hits the, the bass drum, for example, and then my left hand comes over and it hits the snare or whatever it may be. It doesn't matter how fast you're learning those patterns, you're creating those pathways. Once you've created those pathways at a nice slow speed, you will find that speeding it up is much easier because you've got that, you know, it's also known as muscle memory, you may call it. You've got that muscle memory ready to play that particular pattern those particular notes, that particular phrase or bar of music that you've been studying. So take that one bar, play it super slowly, and do it. See if you can do it 10 times in a row without making a mistake, only then can you move on. If on the ninth time you make a mistake, go back to zero. I know it sounds like a lot, but realistically this takes, you know, two seconds to play a, a bar of music. So if you do it 30 times, it's only like a minute. It's not really that long. It feels intense and it's kind of scary for a child to say, I have to do it 50 times, but it's not a lot really. So again, it's about taking the bigger picture, breaking it down into these micro actions. Now that we've done that, just like how we took the technical exercise and applied that into the context, that's what we're gonna do now. We've, we've worked on a couple of bars of music. We've made them quite good now. Now we wanna put it back into its context, back into the greater four bar, eight bar, 16 bar phrase from which it comes, or maybe the whole piece, depending on how long the piece is that you're learning. And so now maybe those first four bars you're playing beautifully, the next four bars are pretty easy, you've had, you had those all along. Now you get to bar nine, this one's the one that's kind of tricky. Bar 10, 11, 12, they're all fine. So the next day you work on bar nine. And when you've done that, now you can play those first 12 bars in context. So you do this throughout the week. And maybe as you get towards the end of the week, you want to slightly adjust your practice routine to have a bit more time playing the whole piece in context, now that you've worked on all those individual bars. 
but maybe the last session or two before your lesson so that when you get to your lesson, you can show the whole piece all the way through and you've worked on all those little small areas. That is gonna be so much more effective than coming and saying, I practiced four times this week and each time I played through the piece all the way through three times. Because if each time you made, even if we've been generous and say you made 1% progress, you've only made 3% progress this week. Whereas with the micro actions, they're so powerful and you can really make huge leaps of progress that way. So just to recap what I said there, kind of the first five minutes might be some kind of technical piece. The next five minutes could be applying that technical exercise into some context, whether that be a song, an etude, or, you know, like we said, something creative like improvisation, a drum fill, a guitar solo, whatever it may be. Then you can spend the next maybe 10, 15 minutes on working on these small sections of the piece that really need the most work and then spend five, 10 minutes putting it back into its greater context again. So now you're playing those first 12, 16 bars of the piece really nicely. One kind of disclaimer, if you like, is just what I just said, adjust it for the age of your child. Obviously, what I just said could be appropriate for someone who's maybe, you know, a, well, basically any age where they're able to concentrate for that long. If they're a bit younger and they can't concentrate for that long and it's not realistic, let's not set that as a goal because that doesn't make sense. Let's take what I said and just adjust it down for their age. So maybe we're just going to spend two or three minutes on a technical exercise and we're going to put that into a game. We're going to gamify it, which is a thing that's come up a lot in previous episodes. Turn it into a fun game for five minutes and then we're going to, you know, just work on a couple of bars for three minutes and we're going to spend two more minutes putting it into context. It's just 10 minutes, and we, but as it's only 10 minutes, we can do it every single day. And that will also be very effective. So there's only going to be a certain amount of time that your child at their current age can effectively concentrate for. Whatever that time period is, we want to make sure we're making it as efficient as possible and getting the most out of it. If you're a teenager learning, maybe you can go for even longer. You can practice for an hour maybe sometimes, but you want to have this kind of minimum requirement that we're going to do every single day or whatever it may be that you've set yourself five times a week. And then you can sometimes do that longer. What you don't want to do is say, yeah, I'm going to practice three hours every day because it's not realistic. Uh, it'd be great if you can. And, you know, throughout times in my life, I have done that. I remember at school, we probably do it around GCSE time. Me and my friend Brandon, we were practicing together four or five hours every single day. You know, but not everyone's going to make that choice and get to that point in their life. And that's completely fine. But you want to have this minimum requirement that you're doing every single day. And that's where the discipline comes in. You can feel good if you do nothing else today. You did that 20 or 30 minute practice routine that you designed and anything else is a bonus. So the actionable tip and steps or what I want you to do now, we set our goals last week. We've discussed them. We've got them on our fridge or whatever. Let's actually write down now with our nice stationery, if you like me, let's actually write down this little practice routine. Let's design it. So I might say, okay, for me personally, what I want to work on right now is X. It's my 16th note funk guitar rhythms in my right hand. I've created an exercise or I found an exercise online and my teacher's given me an exercise about this. For five minutes every day at the start of my practice routine, I'm going to do that no matter what. And I've actually written it down and I've designed it in a diary or a piece of paper, whatever, and I've written it down. Next, I'm going to apply that you know, and I've written down three different examples. I've got a drum beat backing track off YouTube that I can play along with, or I've got a song where this fits in. It's a disco song, and I know that there's a, a break for 16 bars, and that's where I'm going to try and show off this new skill I've learned. Then I'm work, whatever the piece is at that week, so maybe we're working towards a grade, maybe it's a song, whatever it could be, and I'm going to write, okay, 
I've got to work on these four different bars that I'm struggling with. That's my focus for this week. So when I get to my lesson next week and I've contextualized it, I've got those four bars. And if there's four more bars the week after, that's fine. It doesn't, we're not going to always learn one song every single week. It might take a few weeks to learn a song or even longer. That's fine as well. So now you've got it written down. You've got your goals. You've got your practice routine. All we need to do now is remain disciplined and make sure we follow through on it. If we fall along the wayside, if your child, you know, occasionally doesn't quite achieve it, this is where we need to step up now as the adults, as the parents, as the teachers and the role models to say, okay, it's okay. Let's continue anyway, because we can all fall into the trap of going, oh, I was on a 10 day streak. I missed day 11. I give up. Well, it's okay. Let's just do day 12 and day 13. And if you end up out of 15 days, you did 14 of them. You've done brilliantly well. Don't let that one, you know, mistake or one day where you were too busy whatever it may be affect the bigger picture here so it's our responsibility to encourage the children to keep doing this and i promise you if you follow this advice your child will improve massively this year i guarantee it okay thank you so much for listening to this two-part episode hopefully it's given you a lot of advice and a lot of guidance and hopefully some inspiration and a little bit of knowledge about how we can get the most out of our musical studies i'll see you again next week for another episode Have a great week, guys. Good luck with the practice routines. And let me know in the comments on social media. Send me an email. How you're getting on with your practice routine. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe we can discuss some examples in future episodes. As always, it would be really helpful if you could leave a review on Spotify, Audible, Apple, wherever you're listening. Because it really helps, you know, when people search keywords such as music education, it helps us get further and further to the top. We can help as many people as possible. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Heard It Through the Groove Line, the podcast that helps parents like you best support your children's musical education, even if you are not musical yourself. To find out more, you can follow us on social media, and don't forget to hit like and subscribe.